Blog Talk Radio. <coughs> oh, excuse, excuse, excuse me, folks. Good gracious. Mm. Hey, this is Troy Dooley, the host of the Beachside CEO, heard on the Home Business Radio Network. Today, we're finishing up our series, "The Law of Happiness," by Dr. Henry Cloud. How spiritual wisdom and modern science can change your life. And what's going to make this chapter today so special to me is it's titled, Happy People Have Faith. And I can honestly say it's through my faith that's gotten me through some hellacious times in my life. I had a conversation last week with a gentleman, and he said, Troy, you, you obviously grew up in church. You must have been very spiritual your, <coughs> your whole life. I said, yeah, about as spiritual as my dad. You know, I said, uh, I know the Bible. I said, I know right from wrong. I said, I've never doubted in my whole life, not since I was knee-high to a grasshopper, that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and the only way to heaven. I said, but to call me spiritual is, is really stretching it. I said, not only was I not spiritual, I really detested church, detested Christianity, detested the people in it. And didn't want anything to do with it when I got out of school. I said, actually, I didn't want much to do with it when I was in school. I said, but it wasn't until afterwards, when I was going through some pretty rough stages in my life, did I start to dig in deep and say, you know what, if if I'm going to follow some type of spiritual walk, it would probably behoove me to find out if I really believe this crap or not. And that's kind of what I did. And I went on a journey that that <clears throat> I know some people say, Troy, when did you have your spiritual conversion? I, it was a lifelong event. It's still going on. So don't ever ask me that question because I can't answer it. You know, I remember as a kid being rushed to the front of the altar every time church was open because I'd sin somehow during the week. But it, it's been a process. It started, I would say, in 1997. And has really progressed since then. Not saying that throughout that time I didn't have certain awakening moments. I remember in the middle of my bail bond career, I was in the, I had a, a whole office building that we that we housed. We had offices on every floor. I was in the very bottom of the building where my office was. And I'll never forget being in the kitchen one night. <coughs> Excuse me, hearing a gurgling sound. And I looked over and opened the closet door, and that's where we had a septic, uh, what do you call them, one of them septic pumps, that, that because we were below uh, water level right there, that it would pump water out of the basement. And I remembered looking into that little septic hole, that nasty, staunch, stinky crap, and thinking at that moment, now what the hell am I doing? I'm going to lose my wife. I'm going to lose my kids. This isn't the life I wanted And that actually started a process to where Paige and I got back together after being separated for quite a few months when she was pregnant with Dalton. But it wasn't enough for me to (coughs) totally change my lifestyle or anything else. That was in 1990. It wasn't until seven years later (coughs) that I started focusing on what we're going to be talking about here. Happy people. 
have faith. And you know, as I've grown up, I, I'm kind of like Dr. Cloud in this. He he talks about how he has fond memories of his of his father and how happy his father was. I don't have those memories. I have fond memories of my dad. Please don't take take that wrong. But if you say, Troy, was your dad a happy person? I'd tell you, my dad's not even happy today. Loves the Lord, but for whatever reason, never gave up his freaking angstness on life in general. And my dad went through some rough spots. Lost his mom, lost his dad, lost his best friend, lost everybody that he loved in his life except my mom, who she's just like never going to leave because she just adores him. But she's the only person in his life. I mean, he's got his sister and stuff, but they weren't really close. They were, there were several years difference between the two of them. So maybe that played a role into why my dad was always angst, even after going to church. I'll never forget, I, I had a blog comment this week, somebody talking about something, and I'd made the comment of, of we never know who somebody maybe really is until we read about it in the newspaper. And I talked about a, a situation where a guy that my dad worked for, it was his boss, and I, I fondly always referred to him as Uncle Mike. I mean, it was just one of those things that my dad and him were, were you could say they were pretty close because they worked together in the union and worked together at the at the trucking company. But I remember one night, something happened and my dad decided not to go to a meeting for whatever reason and the next day in the newspaper it talked about a slaying that had taken place at the Virginia Tavern in Kansas City and how Mike Spiro had been shot killed and I thought about that as I was going through this chapter everything in my dad's life that's ever happened and the fact that <clears throat> Unlike Dr. Cloud's dad, my dad's not really been happy. And it made me wonder, is there a difference between saying that you know who the Son of God is? You know that there's a special gift in life. And there's a whole other thing of, of saying, you know, I, I'm really just going to let this go. See, I don't think my dad ever gave up the worry. I think I think worry has always been, for a lack of a better term, maybe the number one God in his life. Because as I've analyzed my pops over the last few years, trying to find those moments of, of happiness, something that I could grab hold of and say, hey, these were when my dad was the happiest. There are a few of those, and usually it was when he was on top of a mountain or walking on the beach. Taking pictures of God's creation, I think he was in those happy moments. But outside of that, I wonder. And see, it goes back to something Dr. Cloud talks about. He says, remember the 40%? And if you've been with us through this study, you know that, that 40%... <coughs> Of everything in our life is in our control. He says, the big and good news from the research on happiness is that while circumstances and genetics play their role, the rest of what goes into our happiness comes from things that are directly under our control. 
our behaviors, our thoughts, our intentional practices in life. I remember that when I started seeking a personal, deep relationship with Jesus Christ and with God, it was tough for me because I pictured God as my dad. Part of that is because that's kind of how the Bible tells you to do it. So here I am thinking about God and I'm thinking about my dad. And I'm thinking, you know what? I really don't think I want a relationship with God because my dad's got a pissy attitude. And if that's what God's going to be like, and every time I make a move, my dad's going to say, well, that didn't work. Well, you should have done it this way. Or, well, now you're going to get in trouble. And just always always doing that. Then I didn't want a relationship with God because that's the way I saw my dad. And it wasn't until I started studying on my own that I realized, wow, I get to make a choice here. See, if I'm in control of my behaviors, my thoughts, and my intentional practices, then I can't use the excuse, the devil made me do it. Well, I don't know what I was thinking. Oh, I forgot about that. Now, are are there medical reasons for all that happening? Absolutely, without a doubt, but I've come to a conclusion. And this is a layman's conclusion. This has nothing to do with with some scientific, you know, three-tier process and and studies or anything else. This is me living in life, and I think that's probably the best circumstances. I've decided that my dad, over the years, made intentional decisions, and I believe probably still making intentional decisions today. See, he, he can control his thoughts, his internal practices, and life, his behaviors. Now, there's times when we all, you know, will just subliminally do things. But as I looked at my dad and I thought about this, I thought, you know what? I don't want to be like my dad. I want to be different. I want to be more like like the God I'm reading about in the Bible. I want to be a God that, without a doubt, holds the ones that he loves accountable for their actions. But at the same time, I don't want to go around being this dogmatic, dictatorial, judgmental type of person. Some people have said, Troy, that's probably why your boys turned out the way they did. My boys turned out the way they did because they wanted to. Just like I turned out the way I did because I wanted to. See, I've learned something. We are all in control of what? Our behaviors, our thoughts, and our internal practices, our intentional practices in life. The things that we do on purpose. There are those of us that walk in faith and those of us that don't. When we're out there in business, let me just bring this home to business for a second. When we're in front of a client, when we're in front of a prospect, when we're marketing on the Internet, if we stretch the truth, if we overhype the situation, if we don't tell it like it is, we can't blame anybody but ourselves because we're in control of our behaviors, our thoughts, and our intentional practices. See, I decided in 1997 that I wanted to take control And I realized after some deep study that that I had found the faith that I wanted to walk in. I found out that all this stuff that I thought I knew about church was really a bunch of crap. And it it, it came down to one verse, actually a couple of verses, but, but the first one that came to me was where in John it's written... And Jesus said these words. He said, I did not come into this world to condemn the world, but to save the world. And I thought, wow. 
That's different than what I'd heard in church. And then I was in Matthew, and I, and I read about the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. In other words, treat people the way you want to be treated. I started looking at that, and I realized, you know what? I've had this all wrong. I need to start being happy. I need to go tell my wife how much I love her and that I want to be what she needs. And, and our relationship started to mend. I started focusing on my kids a little bit. I stopped being so whacked out. I'll remember the, the day that we shut the doors in the bail bond office. I moved everything home. We were still trying to figure out what we were going to do. And my attorney called and said, I've got a buddy of mine that's looking for a partner in the mergers and acquisition firm. They're going to do corporate turnarounds. And as you guys know, in the 80s, that was a big deal. We were buying companies left and right for no money down in Oklahoma and flipping them just like you would houses. I'm trying to walk a straight path. I get I get wrapped up in a business where my partner is anything but living for the Lord. And I had to go through some other struggles and situations. See, it wasn't an overnight process, but I started to take full control of my actions, my behaviors, my inter- my intentional practices. You say, Troy, when did you start to really start to be that happy person? It wasn't until 1997. I hit rock bottom. My baby girl was diagnosed with a birth defect that could kill her before she was an adult. Our network marketing business was flourishing. We were blowing through cash, spending money, going on vacations, buying new cars. And all of a sudden, the medical bills hit. All of a sudden, the business started to drop off. We were making in a month what people made in a year, and we had no cash in the bank to to show for it. When I hit rock bottom... I started realizing, wow. Started in 97 and didn't end until 2000, a two-year stretch. But at the end, I found out that my faith was what held my brain together through it all. All of a sudden, I started realizing that it's through walking and having a relationship and spending time. You know, some people in, in some different cultures will call it meditation. Some people call it the law of attraction. Now, I don't think they're anything close to having a relationship with Jesus Christ, but I want to put it in your terminology, something that you'll understand. Because, see, what I found out is life is too big for any of us to handle on our own. And the research has proven that people of faith are happier and live longer. And it's because they start to realize, I don't have to worry about all this garbage. I can literally go home and blow it off. One of the things that, that, and and I don't know who bought this for me, my wife, my mom, my kids, but I have a rock that sets on my desk that says, good morning, this is God. I will be handling all your problems today. I will not need your help, so have a good day. I read that every morning. I take time to to read through my Bible. I take time to study self-development, personal empowerment, great, what do you call, authors and, and historians, so that 
I start to realize, man, there's nothing that's too big for God and everything's too big for me. But what happened was I entered into what I think and what I call a personal relationship. See, I started looking at God as my Lord, as as I looked at Jesus as my Savior. Now, I'm not, trust me, if you're new to the show, I'm not getting into a bunch of theological hig-hob crap. I'm telling you about my personal life and how I've gone from, literally, we were bankrupt mentally, spiritually, physically. My wife and I's relationship sucked. By the way, we just celebrated our 25th anniversary because all of a sudden I realized that until you have a relationship with God, there is no connection and you don't experience the benefit of what a relationship like that can mean. There was a time when my dad and I were very much estranged from each other. We didn't talk for years. Coolest dude I ever met and I had no relationship with him. At best, it was a love-hate relationship. Him and my little brother are close, but my dad and I weren't close. One day coming out of church, my wife looked over to me. It was on Father's Day. And she said, excuse me, it wasn't on Father's Day. It was on his birthday. And she said, you know, he hasn't seen the grandkids in a few years. It's his birthday. You ought to buy him a present and go by and try to make amends. That started an uphill growth cycle for my dad and I. One of the worst days of my life was when my dad decided him and my mom were going to move to Colorado because we had started meeting him for breakfast on a regular basis. And he'd share stories of his life. And I felt a real connection with him. Over the years, we would talk for what seemed like hours on Yahoo or on the telephone. and Just some great times. Eventually, because of my life and his life, that, that tapered off eventually. But our relationship came a long ways, and it's because there for a long time we started to really build a personal relationship, just like I had built with Jesus. See, if you're going to build your life, if you're going to be happy, you've got to have a faith of some kind that you can hold on to, but you've got to have a personal relationship. You got to build your personal relationships. You can't just say I'm a Christian or or I'm a New Ager or I'm a Wiccan or I'm an atheist. I don't care what it what what spirituality side of it. You can't just say it and expect it. You got to build a personal relationship. And it is my belief that without a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, there'll still be an empty hole. But that's my belief. We could debate it. This is not what this show's about. I believe there's a law that governs whether or not God's existence makes a difference in our life. See, God's always there. I'm a firm believer that God created the universe. That's my belief. I believe that that God is my father, my dad. Spiritual, I know. But just like my real dad... He's always been there for me from the time I was two years old. But if I don't reach out to build the relationship, if I only expect him 
to do it. He might not do it. I may never be able to reap the benefits from my dad because of my dad and I's relationship. Something fantastic came out of it. A different type of relationship with me and my sons. My sons have been just, I mean, they are all three rebels like their dad. A couple of them, no, all three of them think they can do it better than I can. All three of them have, have wanted to to do it a little different than their dad. Two out of the three of them had enough stupidity to take me on physically and come out on the short end of that stick. They should have paid more attention to their older brother, more than likely, in that aspect. But no matter what they're going through in life, no matter how much they know that I'm going to be pissed off and frustrated, they know my love runs so deep that I will never say, I told you so. I will never make them feel bad. And that when they're in the thick of situations from personal situations, physical situations, money situations, they know they can pick up the phone and say, Pops, i got a problem. Now, I don't all the time have the money to help. Sometimes because of the boundaries that I have set, I say, well, I'll walk through this with you, but there's not a whole lot I can do. At other times, I say, you know, I had a situation like that. Let me share with you what I did. And we walk through it together. And it's because the relationship is more important to me than anything else. Do you have that kind of relationships in your life? Let's forget about the faith side of it for a minute. Do you have those kind of relationships just with people that you can go to? See, this is important. And it's real important that you have some type of a faith. Scientific studies show that positive relationship of, with faith, positive relationships of faith, help you physically, they help your longevity. One study shows that dedicated members of churches, not, not just a specific denomination, people that truly are focused on their faith live, live longer than those that don't. If you don't have a relationship, I would, I would tell you that it's probably because you don't trust. See, I never trusted my dad. From the time I can remember, if my mom said something to my dad, the boys did this, the boys did that, the boys upset me, if he thought we upset my mom, he'd bust our butts. He didn't listen. He didn't get our side of the story. He didn't try to understand so as I grew into an adulthood, because of my limiting beliefs, I mean, this is his right. I don't have any problem with this. Because of my limiting beliefs, I just figured I can't trust my dad. I'm not going to him with any situations. I had a situation in high school. It was interesting. I'd done something stupid in junior high. I was in ninth grade. guy came up to me and said, hey, is Ty Dooley your brother? And I said, sure, why? Now, I don't have a brother named Ty Dooley. He goes, here's tickets to Van Halen. Well, I wasn't going to go see Van Halen either. Instead of saying, dude, I don't, I don't, Ty Dooley's not my brother, I took the tickets, sold them. I wasn't even smart enough to sell them at a scalping price. I just sold them for face amount. Made 13 bucks. Come to find out the next year when I got into high school, 
Ty Dooley didn't forget about this. And he came up to me and said, you owe me money. And I freaked out. Here I am, a little sophomore, and he's a senior. He wanted 50 bucks because he'd pay 25 bucks per ticket. It's like, well, this really sucks. Now, I didn't go to my dad. I was afraid. Because my dad had this tendency, boy, if somebody's picking on you, go kick their living butt. Well, that's cool and dandy, but, you know, at this time of the game, I was a little bit scared and scrawny and didn't have near the anger issue that I eventually had by the time I was a senior. Well, guess what I found out? That lack of trust that I had with my dad caused a lack of trust that I had with people, a lack of trust that I had with God. If you're going to build a relationship, if you're going to be a happy person, if you're going to build a business that you can be proud of and people are going to love you, then you've got to learn to trust. You've got to trust God. You've got to trust the people around you. You've got to trust your inner circle of friends. You've got to realize that you can't control life, that the situations that you're going to walk through aren't going to be pleasant that a lot of times they're going to be overwhelming and you're going to have to go to God in faith and trust Him to help you walk through it. It's going to, I mean, it's it's going to suck because there's going to be times you're going to go through living hell and you're not going to know why. And you're going to want to find the meaning and you're going to be struggling with it. You're going to have death in your life. You're going to have bankruptcy in your life. You're going to have all this crap that you don't know. The person that you love the most is going to tell you they hate you. And you've got to realize, you know what, there's a higher purpose here. I'm going to learn about all this stuff. I don't know why the heck I'm having to go through this, God, but whatever it is, I sure hope you let me walk through it fast because this sucks. But I'm going to trust you. And we move on. My life is anything but simple. My business has been anything but simple. Building influence and, and putting yourself out in front of people is anything but but smart, probably. But every day I trust God. I trust God to make sure that I do what I'm supposed to do. You guys have heard me say it over and over. I wear four different well, I read I did wear four different bracelets. Now they're two because my wife made me a gorgeous one that has three of them on there. But the saints say I love mercy. I walk humbly. I act justly, and I am second. And I would challenge you as we close out this series to give some really serious thought to your faith. You may not ever believe the way I do, and that's cool. I I, I can tolerate that. I don't have a problem with it. I hope you tolerate me. But I can tell you this. Your faith and your trust in a higher purpose in a higher being, if that's the way you want to look at it, can truly start you on a spiritual journey that, as Dr. Cloud's book said, you'll find out how spiritual wisdom and modern science can change your life forever. It'll be rocking. Hey, tomorrow we are going to start a new series. It's more than likely going to be by my mentor, Ken Dunn, because he's got some great books that he's put out and one of them is about his walk and how he went from being a, an egotistical, pompous dictator to the servant leader he is today running a major network marketing startup company and, and influencing people worldwide. It's going to be a pretty cool deal. I think you're going to like it. 
Uh, and I'm pretty sure we're going to go down that path. We may go down one other. We'll know tomorrow, won't we? <laughs> Folks, listen, live life like it's an epic adventure. Stay dangerous. Stay strong. If you're in network marketing, act like it. And be back here tomorrow morning on Beachside CEO, heard on the Home Business Radio Network, the voice in positive powered radio.